the Epistle for the Mass of the Feast of Circumcision is from St. Paul's Epistle to Titus, chapter 2. Dearly beloved, the grace of God our Savior hath appeared to all men, instructing us that denying ungodliness and worldly desires, we should live soberly and justly and godly in this world, looking for the blessed hope and coming of the great glory coming of the glory of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and might cleanse to himself a people acceptable, a pursuer of good works. These things speak and exhort in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the Gospel is from that of St. Luke, chapter 2. At that time, eight, after eight days were accomplished, that the child should be circumcised. His name was called Jesus, which was called by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. As far as the words of the gospel. <clears throat> Dearly beloved, the grace of God our Savior hath appeared to all men, instructing us that denying ungodliness and worldly desires, we should live soberly and justly and godly in this world. Words taken from the epistle. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Saint John of God was born in Portugal in the year 1495. His parents were poor, but devout and charitable. The first years of John's life were spent as a shepherd in great innocence and purity. In 1522, he enlisted as a soldier and fought in the war with the French. Later on, he enlisted again to fight against the Turks in Hungary. In the military, he was surrounded by evil companions. The result was that he lost his fear of offending God, and he gradually gave up his practices of, of devotion. His morals became lax. At the age of 40, he repented of his wayward life and resolved to change. He began a life of penance for his sins. He spent many hours in prayer. He wanted to make up for the past by serving God perfectly. It was quite some time before he realized exactly what, what it was that God wanted him to do with his life. <clears throat> so he devoted all of his energies uh, first to one work of charity, then to another. In Africa, he assisted Catholic slaves who were enslaved by the Muslims. In Spain, he sold religious uh, pictures and books. Uh, then he chopped wood and sold it to help feed the poor. Last, when he was 45 years old, he found his true calling. He began to care for the sick who were poor. He opened a hospital for them. He washed, fed, and cared for them and practiced the highest degree of patience and kindness. He rejoiced to serve them. And he cared for each one as if he were Christ himself. He often thought of the words of our Lord. As, often it, as long as you did it to one of these, my least brethren, you did it to me. He would walk the streets of Granada and carry the sick and dying to his hospital. A band of fervent disciples joined him, and the order of the Brothers of Charity was formed. John did this work for a brief ten years. He died March 8th, the year 1550. But even his death was caused by a glorious act of charity. 
He died from an illness he contracted when he jumped into a river to rescue a drowning child. He is patron of nurses and the sick. His feast is March 8th. Now, before St. John began this greatest uh, work, an extraordinary thing happened to him. He was traveling one day, walking along a dusty mountain trail. He stopped to rest and fell asleep under a tree. When he awoke, a small boy stood before him, the most charming and graceful child that John had ever seen. The boy seemed to be a prince. Feeling an instinctive reverence, John fell to his knees. The boy came up to John and trustfully took his hand. The child's shirt, his white shirt, was torn as if by thorns. John asked him many questions, but the child's answers were vague. John noticed that the boy's little feet were bruised and bleeding. He gently examined them with great, great, great concern. He found a deep wound on each foot. Without quite understanding why, John reverently kissed the wounds in the same way as he often kissed the wounds on his crucifix. The child was pleased by his attention and concern. John volunteered to carry him as far as he wished to go. Now John was a giant of a man, and he set off with great energy. But the boy seemed mysteriously to grow heavier and heavier. At last, this powerful man could carry him no longer. In astonishment, he was forced to set the boy down and rest. And then it was that the child shone with a brilliant light. And he said to him, John of God, Granada will be your cross. He then disappeared. Only then did John realize that his little companion had been the Christ child. The name John of God was thus given him by Christ. Christ also gave him his greatest work, that of caring for the sick who were poor. And today, my dear faithful, we celebrate this circumcision of our Lord. According to God's law in the Old Testament, every male child was to be circumcised and given a name eight days after he was born. Today, eight days after the birth of Christ, the first drops of his blood were shed, and he received the name Jesus. It's as if the infant Jesus could not wait to show his love and begin suffering for us. Our sanctification and salvation is the consuming desire of his life. St. Paul says that our Savior gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and might cleanse to himself a people acceptable, a pursuer of good works. He gave himself for us entirely and without reserve. He embraced the greatest suffering for us. Our sins were the cause of his suffering. Even as a child, they grieve and torment him. But so great is his love and his desire to cleanse us and to save us that he couldn't wait, as it were, to shed his blood. We see this same tender love in the story of St. John of God. The child Jesus showed a loving concern for the saint. He was pleased with, Saint jo with uh, John's repentance. He was also pleased with his charitable deeds 
and his efforts to do good. And so he came to enlighten him and to point out exactly what charitable work God wanted him to do and to focus his life on. This example from the life lives of the saints should inspire us to have a similar repentance as uh, St. John and a tender care for the infant Jesus uh, as uh, St. John also had. Today we begin a new year. It's a time when people often make resolutions to eat healthy, to exercise, to set financial goals, to save up for this or that. And there's nothing wrong with these uh, goals, but for us the new, the new year means much more. It tells us that we've taken another long stride towards eternity. It impresses us with the fact that time passes so quickly. Last year was hardly yesterday. <clears throat> and before we know it, we will be writing 2024 if we live that long. This is truly a sobering thought, but it's the way that God wants us uh, to live. Uh, very, very conscious that this life is merely temporary. We are here for a very short time of testing. Nothing on this earth is lasting. People put stock in wealth and health, entertainment and pleasure. They make these things their priorities. But these things are so easily lost. And even if they are not lost, they must be left behind at death. Life is short, very, very short. And death is drawing near. At the moment of death, we will stand before a just and holy God. And in our hands will be all the deeds of our lives. Each of us will give an account of how we used every hour. Will your hands uh, be uh, filled with virtuous deeds, prayers, and sacrifices? Or with unholy and frivolous deeds? If until now you have not served God so well, then imitate St. John, his repentance, his conversion. But don't wait. God gives us today. He does not promise us tomorrow. Every day is important. What we do today, even this hour, will help determine whether we will be lost or saved. Make good use then of today and do that every day. <clears throat> Seize the hour as the expression goes. Pray often to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Ask her to help you keep the commandments, to love God and your neighbor as you should. Ask her today to help you make uh, a good resolution. Not too many resolutions, but make uh, at least one good resolution. For example, to set aside a specific time each day for the rosary. To be more kind uh, and forgiving at work, but especially at home. Or to be more patient, to accept from the loving hand of God every suffering or cross that He sends or allows to come to you. Or to be more faithful to the duties of your state in life, making good use of your time. 
or to generously accept the work and inconvenience of your daily duties. These are the means uh, that God gives uh, for each of us to store up treasure in heaven. There's great merit in carrying the cross humbly, patiently, and lovingly. And if you ask for God's guidance, uh, constantly ask His help, He will teach you to be humble, patient, and kind in many ways. Those who seek the child Jesus find Him everywhere, in their work, especially in their daily chores. When a person is docile to God's inspirations, He gives them continual, actual graces just to help them do His work, to act virtuously at every moment. God shows them how to love Him in all that they do. So I encourage you to pray to the Holy Ghost for guidance. Ask Him for the grace to examine your conscience. Ask Him if there are any changes that He would like you to make. Is there anything that bothers your conscience? Ask for the courage to make a good resolution to overcome some fault or to practice some virtue. Consider the shortness of life and live it each month. Resolve to live, especially this month, as if you were to die next month. In this way, you will serve God by many little acts of virtue. And when God calls you from this world, your hands will not be empty. Your good deeds will merit a reward. And having lived soberly and justly and godly, your every sorrow will be turned into joy. I wish you a blessed and a holy new year. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.